Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. Two tired dads talk about wrestling while in lockdown. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Oh, good God. All these people at home watching Netflix or Pornhub ruining my internet. So I'm having what can I be described as the shoddiest, shoddiest audio conversation equipment set up. We're going through 4G. We're going through internet. We're going through Wi-Fi. We're going through my phone. We're going through a mixing desk. We're going through my laptop. Literally every bit of technology I have is running. And I just hope it's all plugged in. You, you kind of sound like an old man shouting at a cloud right now. I'm going to be honest. I might <laughs> as well be. kind of brilliant. I might as well be. <laughs> But, you know, and, and also I've had a lovely shopping adventure this morning to a well-known supermarket establishment where we had to stand two metres apart from each other and queue to get in. So now I know what it's really like to live, you know, behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah, it's a bit Soviet Gestapo Russian sort of levels almost, you know. Yeah, and whatever. Still got my muesli. Still got my Alpen. That'll learn them. <laughs> no Did virus you manage can... to get what you wanted? Uh, by and large. Um, they're now restricting... The number of things you can purchase. And the little Tesco's I went to, I was told I could only purchase one tin of chopped tomatoes. However, the sign said I could buy three. So I said to the lady, Ooh. it says I can buy three. She's obviously not familiar with the, uh, the rules of offer and acceptance, invitation to treat, etc. Luckily, I am. <laughs> and, I, and I still stuck to my guns and got my three tins of chopped tomatoes. So apologies if that seems bad, but I'm going to be doing a bulk cook so I can freeze lots of food so I don't have to go to the shops for a very long time. Yeah, why not? Like one of the solutions we found is that we're kind of shopping around, if you will, in that we've got like a local farm shop. There's a veg place in town that's doing boxes of veg, uh, things like that, you know. So like uh, we've got friends that are also getting delivered stuff and stuff delivered in Canterbury that we're going to go pick up because we don't live in Canterbury. We have to go get it from them. So it's like, oh, this sounds like a fun way of doing life. Like it feels like living in the 1920s or something, you know, you have to go buy your meat from one thing, your eggs from a different farmer, <laughs> your veg from these people. That's what that's what we've found as well. We're quite lucky we've got a farm shop nearby, so all of our fruit and veg has come from there. And It's just keeping up with all the essentials that we need, really, but everyone's in the same boat. Everyone seems to now be understanding that stay indoors means stay indoors. I did enjoy yeah. going for my little exercise walk yesterday with my daughter just around the field. There was a group of lads in a car. And then she shouts out, you're too close together. <laughs> That's excellent. They quickly drove off. Good job. Looking out for people. I love it. Yeah. So you might, uh, lovely listeners, you might be wondering why we're not desperately keen to get onto this show today. Uh, it's because it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> How would you describe this show? I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is first. We're doing Fight Club Pro International, International Technical. International Technical. There you go. For the 29th of November 2019, I can talk. Bloody hell, I'm tired. Um, this, this bodes well, doesn't it? This bodes well. I mean, it's 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 not the greatest show ever, but we picked it for one reason. And and the main event absolutely makes this show. Yeah, I really, so... I really enjoyed it. So this is the first time that we are checking out Fight Club Pro on the podcast. And if I'm completely honest, I've met some of the guys who wrestle Fight Club Pro, some of the guys who are actually on this card as well. Um, but it's the first time I've sat down and watched a full Fight Club Pro show start to finish. Sure. Overall feelings, what do you think? This is what Fight Club Pro is, I think, what Progress thinks they are. Right. Very DIY, very, very DIY. Um, 
the fans are there to watch good wrestling. The the layout of the wrestle house which they're in is nice. It's very very um, Brit res. Um, yeah, and, and I that. think because it was supposed to just be an international showcase, you don't really have many storylines other than Curtis Chapman throughout the show. It's purely mm. just a showcase show, I think. That's how I viewed this. Yeah, it certainly came across like that. I mean, I've kept up with bits of Fight Club Pro over the years, but never really followed it. I love the um, Schadenfreude group. Yeah, and definitely. how they've worked that into a story. That seems really interesting to me. Um, yeah. But this show definitely felt like one of those spot shows, like very much so. There, there's not a great deal of narrative or necessarily promos. There's absolutely zero commentary. Is this a regular thing for Final for Fight Card Pro? I'm not sure. I was going to watch some of the um, the Dream Tag Team Invitational, but I've run mm. out of time due to uh, real life job and international policy for saving the self-employed and the employed and the businesses. So I've spent most of my evenings trying to read through legislation. But I am going to Exciting. check out a bit more <laughs> of um, um, Fight Club Pro. Um, we should mention that we've got this on the Fight Club Pro streaming service on Vimeo. I yep. personally didn't have any problems with this. I watched it on my phone and cast it onto my TV. Uh, but mm. you had problems. Yeah. So this show is just over two hours long, and I was like, oh, perfect. It's got, well, let's throw it out there. It's got Mike Quackenbush and Tyler Bate in the main event. Yum, yum, And yum. I'm a huge mark for both guys, so I was like, okay, this is going to be fucking sick. And the undercard, to be honest, looked interesting. Up-and-coming young guys I've heard a lot of good things about. Some established names I've heard. We've got some Mexican people. We've got some really interesting stuff going on. Yeah, but- it's a- it's an interesting lineup, and again, as you said, there's some really good up and comers. You've got people like Curtis Chapman, who's definitely got a decent gimmick, as we'll get to. You've got Amari, who has been in Shikara, was in the Young Lions tournament over there, sure. and also the um, OJMO was in this show as well. And yeah. that's just at the tail end of 2019, where he'd really had his like breakout year. So it was, mm. as you said, looking at the card, looking at it on paper, I thought this has the potential to be incredible. Yeah, even has a few names that I've heard of but not seen, like Ray Horace, for example. I've heard this name a few times, but not really seen much of him. But as soon as I sat down to watch this, I was like, oh, great, I can smash this out in just over two hours, no problem. Ended up taking me probably just about four hours to watch this with the Yikes. amount of buffering and having to refresh because it was absolutely just frozen on this stream. Um, I- I'm going to be honest, I did take a break halfway through this to go watch Dynamite because I was just like so sick of how bad the streaming service was. Are you trying to tell um, me that Jericho cutting a promo on Vanguard just made you really <laughs> want to come back and watch this? Wasn't the best Dynamite ever, let's put it out there. <laughs> but, but Come here, Van. I- Van, come here. Don't fly away from me. Don't fly away <laughs> from me. That was funny. The, 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 the 10 minutes before that and the 10 minutes with Matt Hardy at the end of the evening, I was a bit like... Um, this is not necessarily for me but um, <laughs> the point being that uh, i managed to go to um a website to stream dynamite because you know the fight um, network legitimately through 4.99 a month well done very good sure of course yeah and um yeah i had absolutely zero problem streaming this that at all and then came back to vimeo instantly buffering again and i'm like so it's not just my internet speeds it does seem to be an issue with vimeo particularly I mean, listen, um, that was interesting because I had I had absolutely no problem um, watching the show. It might have I'm been glad just, to hear that I got a good run of it. But as you said, mm. it makes it very difficult to, especially if you're trying to review a show, 
you're tired, you just want to have a couple of hours of decent wrestling to then be spent smashing your head against the brick wall because of buffering. So I understand yeah. why it's left a bit of a sour taste from the get-go, because that's the thing, isn't it? You start a show, you want it to be good, you, you're met with technical issues for one reason or another, and then you just think, what's the point? Speaking of sour, do you remember why I have a slight issue with the lovely people from Fight Club Pro? This is down to when they did a they co-promoted a show with uh, Chikara. This was King of Trios, wasn't mm. it? And then you were unable to attend. Oh uh, no! Oh no! Sorry, you were able. You were able th- to the attend, but there were no. Time. That was the second time. There were you were you weren't given the seats you were, <laughs> and the bloke took some money out of his pocket to refund you some value of ticket, but it wasn't the full refund. Okay, so Am I there, or have I got the two confused? Pretty, pretty close, considering I think I've only ever told you this story once, uh, and I probably joked about it profusely and exaggerated in all sorts, like I always do. <laughs> um, uh, that's basically the story, is that I bought tickets for the Shakara show at the Garage in London, where Progress used to hold all those shows, and grew up like literally five minutes up the road, so it's like my local venue. Are they the only and, um, uh, wrestling company to run shows in London, Progress? They are, apparently, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but also Shakara. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I, I bought tickets. We bought, I think it was second row tickets, I think in the silver category, whatever it is. And they were 30 odd quid a seat. Like they were pretty expensive, I seem to remember. Very expensive for Brit Rest levels. Yeah. Yeah, because it's an exclusive tour with Shakara, the full roster. They had, you know, Hello Wicked winning the belt for the first time. Like it was an amazing show. Don't get me wrong. Shakara really delivered. And I was super hyped for it because I was a big Shakara fan. Um, and then coming into the show, about a week before, I think it was, I get an email from Fight Club Pro. And I'm like, okay, why the fuck are they emailing me? This is weird. <laughs> and they're basically going, look, we're promoting the Shakara show. And I'm like, oh, great. That's awesome. No problem. Um, unfortunately, we sold you tickets that don't exist, is basically what the email said. Classic would I... rest. I know, yeah. Like, there's no chairs there. There's no second row seating. Would you be okay if you just stood? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, that's fine. Like, I don't want to, but I'll go stand. It's okay. I just want to be at the show more than anything. Um, and so the price difference was probably about seventeen quid. Wow. And uh, the guy was like, "Look, it's too late to refund you through this, this, and this." And I'm like, "Oh, that sounds Brit rest, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> and so, can I just give you cash when you turn up? And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, no problem, whatever. I'll play ball." I turn up. The guy hands me a fiver, and I'm like, "Okay." Where's the rest, dickhead? <laughs> like, I was really pissed off. Because I was so excited about seeing this Shikara show. And this, this fucking prick turns up with a fiver for me. And I'm like, mate, you owe me at least 10 quid more than this. Oh, and he was just like, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you at the halftime break or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you fucking dick. And so, I assume <laughs> you never saw this man again? Of course not. No, that was that. So, um, yeah, he owes me 10 quid at least. So <laughs> I'm bitter to say that. It's a good thing that Vimeo, representing Fight Club Pro for their streaming service, has really suited you well right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they stole my money and my time so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are the two most expensive commodities. Yeah, sure. So we're as you said, we're at the hangar in Wolverhampton, England. Um, Tax, could you please describe the scene when we cut into this um, venue? It literally is a warehouse. It really yep. is quite a grimy, um, very dark, quite dingy um, arena. We've got two video walls. As you're facing the ring, facing the entrance ramp, you have a screen to the left, a screen to the right. And 
it's from a Britrest standpoint, at least they've got video walls. They've got yep, an entrance sure. ramp that doesn't walk you directly into the ring, like the old WCW some, style. They've got some uplighting as well, which is like, was quite nice. Like hit a few spots in the walls to make it look more interesting. Good layout of seats, very, very busy venue. But yeah. it was just very, very dark, which I think is yeah. the whole presentation. And I think it looked quite nice. It was, it was very much the lights, the spots are focusing on the center of the ring. The spotlight is the wrestlers. There's no commentary. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I, I don't mind this minimalistic approach to things. It was quite good. I like the fact that sure. the Fight Club Pro ring still has the old um, Pride style turnbuckle pads. Mm-hmm which was very, very nice, sponsored by their good friends at Suplex. Yep. No complaints there. Um, but oh, the only other thing I did note, though, the ropes. Did you notice anything dodgy about the ropes or dodgy looking? I noticed about the there ropes? was like a few kinks in them. Exactly. What is that? I think they're just, I think it's a different type. So obviously, as you know, sort of, we, we could be looking at like wrapped wire, etc. But these just look like, like if you've got resistance bands. And hmm. you've just tied resistance bands around ropes, uh, ring posts. They're definitely not resistance bands, but it just looked a bit, looked a bit odd. Looked very much, very plasticky. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I've never, obviously, I've only been in a ring once, and that was just to train with uh, you and uh, Wicked. But I mean, what difference would this make? Would it just be a matter of comfort, or is it dangerous? I, I don't really know because again, without knowing what material they're made of, um. It's difficult to really tell what impact it would have on the ring. I think, yeah, it just it just looked a bit. I don't I don't know because obviously I'm so used to seeing sort of everything taped, yeah, the, the tape wrapped around the ropes rather than what looks like like a plastic rubbery resistance band. Hmm. Weird one. So, um, just for reference, this is the same venue that Shakara came across and did the King of Trios in the UK. Uh, yep. The big open warehouse. Um, but um, that was shot during the day, so it's a lot brighter. Uh, this is very much nighttime. Everything's dark. Everything's kind of enclosed. It feels... Uh, it very much feels like someone's watched the movie Fight Club and tried to recreate the scenes back for the early Fight Club pro shows. Yeah, you know, I... They seem to be in a bar. They had chicken wire around the ring. The fans right up against the ring. Like It was a really intense atmosphere. And it feels like they've tried to kind of carry this across into a bigger venue. And I think it works. I, I like it. And again, you could tell that it's a decent product and it's a popular product based on the fact it did look like a legit sellout. It was yeah, round. Sure. Yeah. So first point of contention, there's no commentators at all during this show. And I think it really, really does not help things. Yeah. If you are a first time viewer, and I know we've already touched on this is a bit of a showcase um a sp- showcase spot show i think that not having commentary to put things over obviously fraser thomas does a decent job of things like declaring it's damaloni's first heavyweight title defense so you know that sure. but outside of that any backstory which i suppose is irrelevant from a spot show standpoint um it, it would have helped i think the flow of the card from from my wrestling fandom i like i like wrestling commentary if I'm going to watch a show live, I don't mind there's no commentary because I'm there, the atmosphere does it for me. But if I'm watching this at home on a phone, tablet, TV, etc., I'd like backstory and I, I'd like commentators personally. And it did mean that some of these matches dragged a little bit. Yeah, there's this, because you've got the noise of this big warehouse in the background the whole time, 
shot through obviously brit rest cameras whatever microphones they're using um it's there's this constant kind of drone in the background so like an aircon unit or something like that and then you've got a lot of fans that sound very muffled that don't seem to be massively into the show they're watching with no commentary it all kind of feels a bit plain and a bit dead and it was suggesting really that this show attention you try to suggest that this show was maybe like current WWE product with no audience, with the same audience reaction for some of these matches. But then you think about how funny Cole and Triple H were on commentary, for example, for their shows. It really yeah. adds something. It keeps your interest. It's something else going on. Like, I think I don't like this whole not having commentators at all, man. I'm trying not to go on about it in every match, but it was all that was on my mind. I'm going to be honest. I was constantly just like... Wow, if they had someone putting over the fact that they're about to get carried out rather than not being able to hear the referee on this recording, that would be a lot more interesting. Yeah, as I said, I don't know if this was just a one-off for Fight Club Pro, mm. um, if they have or don't have commentary. I know I've seen pictures on Twitter with people like Fraser Thomas with headsets on at Fight Club Pro shows, so I don't know if, again, it was just a spot show or if they're just transitioning to get their... Their, their guys in place, the guys and girls in place, but yeah, sure. it just it just seemed odd, especially for a show. And we we're only talking like four months ago, so Tyler Bate is a huge name under the WWE banner. He is main eventing against Mike Quackenbush, who does a lot of stuff for WWE. You'd want to potentially have new fans come in to look at your product and be bought into it, and yeah. not saying that I didn't enjoy the show because I did. I liked the in ring action. The main event was was outstanding as we'll get to but for some of it some of it it was just it did mean mean to me it dragged a bit i do need commentators to help me sort of get along really in wrestling sometimes yeah absolutely right let's move on so we get an opening video package lights out gorilla radio da -da -da -da. turn that shit up copyright does not exist in wolverhampton yeah <laughs> oh brilliant so, Nice editing on the video package. Um, kind of liney overlays wasn't my favourite thing ever. You know what I mean? Like the little lines around the edge of the screen and stuff that kind of move a little bit. Got a little bit annoying. But in general editing terms, I think it was really, really nicely done for a British indie. Uh, this is quality production. Looks really great. And definitely showcase the stars that people would know. Sure. If you're, especially, I mean, if you all, you watch NXT UK and um, I don't know anyone who does, but it's does there. anyone? And it's got the, the big names. But if you're then transitioning across, so if you go, oh, Trent Seven, he's involved in Fight Club Pro, mm. you'll go and watch his promotion and think, oh, oh, there's Pete Dunn, oh, there's Tyler Bate. Sure. Stole, stole my £10. Um, so <laughs> Fraser Thomas is our ring announcer for the evening, as you mentioned earlier. Introduces us to our first match. Uh, I think Fraser Thomas does a bloody great job of ring announcing. I think he's he, excellent. He's excellent. And, you know, he's, he's now doing commentary for Progress as well. And cool. he really, I feel he does hold this show together. He gets the crowd hyped up without being too pompous or he is his own ring announcer. He doesn't try and be a Jim Smallman. He doesn't try and be someone who's like the master of ceremonies. He is a Brit rest guy who put, gets the crowd hyped for the match they're about to see. Sure. Rocking a bomber jacket, like his own specs, slick back hair, like looks good, you know, perfectly yeah. happy. Yeah. And like also, it. again, an absolute credit to someone who's phenomenal who's changed the direction of their lives because obviously you might have if you oh, cool. followed fraser thomas online you would have seen when he first got into wrestling he was a very very heavy 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 man 
and he just worked his ass off to drop so much weight to look how he does today. And he really should be like an inspiration. I think through talking to him um, and talking to people about him um, at Wrestling 4 shows, because obviously he'd, he was there at the last Wrestling 4 show that I was at. Absolutely lovely guy. Very welcoming. Spoke to anyone. And the guys who have worked with, uh, with Fraser Thomas were just saying how much work he put in. And he was just very much of a case of, I want to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this in my current form. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to commit my entire sort of life to getting healthier, getting fitter. And it, it's just reward because his in-ring style is really, really good as well. We saw him a little bit as well at the Progress um, Rumble when we were at Ali Pali last year as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, it's just nice to see in a world of pro wrestling where a lot of people are dickheads, he does seem to be a really, really nice guy. So it's really nice to have someone mm-hmm. like Fraser Thomas to be able to be like, yeah, nice guys do succeed in this industry, and it's really, really nice. Yeah, I had no idea about the weight loss. I just Googled him while you were saying that, and Jesus Christ, man, yeah, he lost a lot of weight. He's like a third of the person he used to be. Yeah, and, and again, wow, a great amazing. inspiration to people of any any size who just want to be in wrestling, that you can do it. You can yeah. do all this stuff, and especially if you're listening to this and you're at home, and you know we're all isolating, we're allowed to go out for our walks, we're allowed to do this. Um, obviously, we will push set go gym uh with our good friend coach wicked who's who's done some wrestling training with us as well he's got his fitness stuff online but if you're oh, sat yeah. at home doing nothing there's so much available online free stuff just to do fitness at home just use that as your daily commute to stay healthy and then you know keep yourself healthy and when we're allowed all allowed back up if you're an aspiring wrestler get to a training school and get big as in bulky, a, don't man. put the weight back on <laughs> <laughs> yeah set go gym on facebook go look them up i'm body matt doing it it's great so um, let's jump into our first match of the night. So the FCP title match, Dan Maloney, our current champion Driller! versus Ray Horace. <laughs> so I've heard lots of good stuff about Dan Maloney. I remember seeing a few of his matches early on uh, uh, for Fight Club Pro and when he went across Shikara with, uh, I think it was Pete Dunn and Trent Seven, it would have been. Yeah. Or he, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, whatever. He is incredible. He's one of my favorite wrestlers on the Brit Rest circuit now. Okay. Uh, and again... um. He had a very, very good uh, Grand Championship match for Wrestling 4 against Steve Valentino. Those guys, even though the show had overrun by about three hours due to the seven-hour raffle in the middle, um, <laughs> Dan Maloney is just an absolute beast. And okay, also, cool. I will always have much respect for Dan Maloney. That I don't know if you remember seeing this on his Twitter feed last year. A couple of ladies started a WhatsApp group and typed in the number wrong and just included him in it. And he played along for like about a, for a couple of days, and then revealed who he was—that he was a wrestler. I was like, "Oh, this is excellent." Then posted all the all the comments online. I was like, "Oh, well done, Dan Maloney. That's good fun. I liked it a lot." Awesome. <laughs> so uh, hit the glitchy dubstep Ray Horace's entrance. It's pretty cool. Awesome mask and kind of Mayan type gear. It looks pretty damn awesome to me. Yeah, uh, Ray Horace was supposed to be on the OWE UK tour, so I was I did do a bit of research into him before. Obviously, that took off and became the biggest promotion in the UK, uh, OWE UK. Oh, yeah, um, it went great, didn't it? Didn't steal any money or anything. Yeah. That, that's why I'm sat at home, not uh, desperately trying to keep my job, because I've got all that masses of OWE money. Oh, yeah, hang on, sure. wait a minute. No, that's Sean McMahon, allegedly. <laughs> There's no allegedly about it. Fuck him. Uh, but, um, but Ray Horace is quite something. I think he's going to probably become a lot more prominent on the scene over the next year or so. Um, but yeah, really, really solid worker. So I was looking forward to seeing what him and Driller would do. Cool. 
so his entrance theme ends uh, with and silence from the crowd. Like they don't pop for him at all. And I'm like, oh, this is not a good sign. It's um a little ominous. Well, yeah, and and also it's you've got your hometown hero, your local boy who's your champion, opening mm. the card. I guess so. And everyone was probably so, waiting for that banging lethal bizzle track. <laughs> so how comes Dan Maloney to his awesome song? Uh, he's Pow! kind of got this this gear that to me kind of came across like budget shredder from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! What a great description. But it's yeah. good that he's considered his gear to be able to fit his belt underneath it. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like um, Tanahashi when he has the big kind of cape thing. With the giant hole over his belly where the IWGP Heavyweight Championship goes. And then but he hasn't so- got it and you're like, oh, there's a big bit missing from your outfit. <laughs> but it's something different because obviously we're talking about it. So it's something unique for his his appearance. Sure. And it's something to talk about, you know. It's cool. It's a nice way of doing it. So uh, Chris Roberts is our ref. Uh, also, the strap that Dan is carrying is absolutely gorgeous looking. It's a, a beautiful belt, and uh, yeah, I don't want to knock it, but you see the the tag belts later on. It's yeah, like not oh, great. The these guys are these guys have good belts, but that heavyweight title in comparison to their tag belts, man, mm. it's head and shoulders. It's such a gorgeous belt. Sure. So green and black streamers from Maloney. The fans seem really into him. Stole uh, my gimmick. <laughs> some very nice crane shots and hard cam zooms to start off i greatly approve of the production level it's really really good did you note the number of cameras was there three overall did you, were uh, there two ring cameras and one semi hard cam at least three <laughs> semi hard yeah. um there was at least three um occasionally the hard cam goes for a zoom or a movement is very jittery and such but aside from that like, i have no complaints over the video coverage at all i think it was excellent yeah, really, really good, really enjoyable to to watch, I, and and as I said, I, the uh, with the production values, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I wish the sound kept up with the video level. To be honest, I wasn't particularly keen on the sound, but aside from that, like it was it was really good. Um, so yeah, as we kind of talked about, there's a lot of kind of uh, ambient noise, no commentary. It's it's it took a long time to get used to. I was only two or three matches in before I started to feel kind of comfortable with how this felt. So the first few matches, again, I was just felt distracted a lot. All of my my first thought for the first couple of matches of this show was, I wonder if there's a setting somewhere I've accidentally touched to turn off commentary. Yeah, I kept trying to find the audio tracks. <laughs> but no, this is this is just how it's presented. So as, as you said, and it was, it was odd having your heavyweight title open the card. Again, it's a showcase, so they're focused on people like Quack, Tyler... Um, Lucha Bros we'll get to mm-hmm. um, later on as we review the show but yeah it just it really did take away from from the in-ring action the first time these two had met both semi-face working I mean Driller is um, like a badass face anyway but Ray Horace I, I, I've never seen him work a heel match and granted I've only seen a handful of his matches but I just thought if there was commentary here they'd be able to have a bit more of a dialogue They'd have to be able to get a little, little bit more background to what we're wanting to watch and what we're actually seeing. Yeah, this is very much them trying to do a slow build New Japan heavyweight WWE main event sort of match. Um, they start off by kind of teasing a handshake and then do a fist bump. Coronavirus, um, very sensible. <laughs> sure i mean this predates that but still uh feels like they're going to slowly build for the first match it seems like an odd choice to me 
Considering next up we've got some crazy like six person scramble thing. But you don't want to start understand the... You don't want to start the card with a scramble. Yeah, I had no problem with this match placement overall. I think it worked with what we were going to see on this show, but I I'd be disappointed for future shows if Damaloni as champion was opening <clears throat> events. Yeah, I just I don't think it worked in that um I just think you want to get the crowd hyped as quickly as possible and and I don't know whether it is just the sound production. Or the fact that I can't necessarily see much of the fans because it's so dark, they're not lit up or anything. I definitely felt like the crowd took a lot of motivating to get them involved or invested in anything that was happening tonight. Yeah, and they and they didn't seem keen. No. As, you, as you said in the intro, no one seemed overly up for it as such. Yeah, which seems odd to me considering some of the matches. Dan Maloney... And Ray Horace here put on a really good match. Like it feels like they're going to start to slowly build. There's a few awkward little moments where they are kind of Maloney running into the top rope and selling. Like they try to whip the rope, but it doesn't quite work and things like that. But they're trying really cool shit. Um, lots of big kind of New Japan style heavyweight power moves and stiff strikes and such. Um, there's a point where Horace does a standing Spanish fly, and I start to kind of tune out because I get the feeling knowing where this is going as soon as i saw the spanish fly this show as i messaged you had gone down a cornflake yeah it's a shame that everyone just feels the necessity to put that move in their match constantly now i'm now Um, going to start hitting the moldovan fly (laughs) sounds great is it like a spanish fly but you kind of just kind of flop and roll rather than actually doing it properly basics like the downward spiral (laughs) not that i have anything against moldova but you know what it is what it is um but this is kind of all made up for Maloney hitting a really, really awesome looking spinny boss man slam. And I was like, oh, that was sick. <laughs> it's so the epitome of a new, new world, big, strong boy. Sure. Uh, the match builds into a nice crescendo of kind of New Japan heavyweight style power moves. Maloney hits his falling pile driver thing. Has this got a name? I think it's Driller. The Driller. Yeah, it looks killer. Basically, do you want to describe it? Um, I mean, if you think of... A set out tombstone disgusting pile driver combo. Uh, I think that's the best way I could describe it. It's yeah. I mean, we saw the best one I saw was um. Oh, I can't remember what her name was in the Progress Rumble when Driller started hitting everyone with them. Uh, is it um? Was it Millie? No, it's ah. Sounds like Shakara, but not Shakara. Oh, Chikara, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, when she took one of those, she just bounced almost out of the ring after taking one. <laughs> I don't remember, but I'm sure it was great. <laughs> uh, so, Are you trying to say it's another three... wrestling show that you weren't happy about where we didn't actually get the seats we paid for? <laughs> Gotta love British wrestling, don't you? For the one, two, three, and still your champion in quite a fun but opening event. Opening match, sorry, Dan Maloney. Um, wasn't terrible, just didn't do much for me personally. 15 no. minutes, no commentators, face versus face. Streaming service, I hate to say it, has been incredibly glitchy during this match. Um, yeah, it just, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Let's put it that way. But great finish. Maloney's good. Lovely belt. Sure. I, I didn't hate the match. I yeah. didn't hate it at all. It's just, I mean, this is, sums up my whole feeling about this show. It was, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. A good opener. <laughs> it's nothing to write home about or nothing that I have anything to really discuss with you. It's just they it did was some there. moves. It, it was, was there. there. It, it was a match. They had a nice belt. You know? um, so post-match, 
Curtis Chapman's music hits. This awesome 90s style video game trashy pop music. It's it's fucking brilliant. Everyone loves a bit of chip tune in your wrestling entrance. Love it. <laughs> and Curtis makes his way to the ring. He dabs immediately on Maloney and I'm like, oh God, do I love or hate this? I'm not even sure. <laughs> so this, it's important to know, and again, would have been able to get over on commentary. At this yeah. time... Curtis Chapman had these two had been having beef across different Brit Rest promotions I assume at this stage much. as well. So it's another just a continuing storyline across wrestling. Again, yeah, having some commentary to explain this would be nice. I know a good commentator, maybe they could hire. Uh, but Fraser Thomas works for Progress. <laughs> so uh, Curtis makes his way down to the ring, dabs on Maloney. Kurt pathetically slaps away at Maloney, kind of in the Orange Cassidy style. Let's be honest, he's kind that of was my note. here. It was like yeah. Orange Cassidy style strikes. He even looks kind of like him, to be honest, as well, but like it's a bit less beefy. Oh, good old mad Kurt. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's, he's a very, very entertaining character. One of the few entertaining characters on this show, so I give he's him a lot of... Sorry, I was going to say, he's certainly found his niche. He certainly stands out from everyone on this card. Sure. So Maloney work. kind of pathetic. Sorry, Kurt pathetically slaps away Maloney. Maloney slaps Chapman's clean across the face and gives him his falling driller pile driver thing. Yeah, driller killer. Sorry, I found it further down in my notes. The driller killer. The crowd absolutely lap it up and loving this moment, uh, and rightfully so. It was really, really nicely done. Silly, funny, entertaining. Yep, keeps Good. keeps the match going on, and again highlighting why then this the scramble match was next. Yeah. So with Curtis Chapman dead in the ring, like he is selling like he's absolutely completely taken out at this point, our ring announcer begins to announce for the next match. Already Wait. in the ring. <laughs> dead. Curtis <laughs> Chapman. And you're like, oh, banter. That's really funny. And again, hat tip to Fraser Thomas. Made me chuckle. It's so great. So our next match, already in the ring, Curtis Chapman versus Amari versus Connor Mills versus the OJMO versus making their FTP debuts, Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs. This in a uh, scramble match. In yeah, a scramble sorry, I should have mentioned that. <laughs> so again, this is this was nice to see some people who I've been on shows with. These are the people who I've met and also um new people. So again, we you've got Ethan uh, Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs. They're obviously very, very, very fresh to Fight Club Pro, I think. And then obviously Connor Mills, who had had a really good 2019. Um, yeah. I'm not fr- through the amount he got out and the sort of the high profile matches he was having. I've not seen too much, in all honesty, of Connor Mills in comparison to with people like Amari and the OJMO. Sure. But, again, but I, I, the Amari situation confuses me a little bit because I don't know if he's been injured this year. But considering he started the year in Shikara, he's got a great look. He's fantastic in the ring. He just, he hasn't done much in 2019. I don't know if that's through choice, through not being booked, through being hurt, or potentially when you had the summer, when you had people like Gene Money and the OJMO really, really kick on and become next stars, and along with the meteoric rise of Cara Noir, I don't know if he just got left in the shadows a little bit. I'm really not sure, man. I, I just haven't followed his career enough. I remember seeing bits and bobs. I think he's good. I don't think he's great, but I think he's very good. Um, I mean, much like Connor Mills, 
Um, I think Omari, I would say specifically Connor Mills, is a guy that to me is in desperate need of a gimmick. Yeah, but I, I think Amari being the big O could work as a gimmick if given a chance to shine. But as you said, Connor Mills is a fantastic in-ring talent, but that, that's what there is for him. There's no character work behind it. And as we've said on previous podcasts, I like character work. There's no denying that every single man in this match was a, a very, very good wrestler. But sure. outside of Curtis Chapman and the, the OGMO, there's not really much character work going on. I mean, I'd say pretty much all of them. You could describe one of them, and you pretty much describe all of them. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's a fair representation of this match, if you're looking at it as a standalone. Sure. I just think, um, you know, Connor Mills, for example, is just the guy we're talking about now. He has all the potential in the world. He's got some slick moves. He's in great shape. He's got a decent look about him, you know? He's got the braids to try and make himself stand out a little bit. Um, it's just... You need to give people something to talk about, you know? There are literally, and I do mean literally, thousands of very, very good wrestlers out there at the moment. And it's just for you to be the guy that makes me want to care about their in-ring work rather than just, well, that was very athletic, which evokes no emotion out of me basically nowadays. (laughs) You have to have something else. It doesn't need to be like a crazy chicken suit gimmick or something ridiculous or yes, the it, orange yes, Cassidy stick. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone if anyone who comes up with a chicken suit gimmick, I'd be elated to watch that all day long. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, give me something to latch onto. Yeah, and again, this isn't... I, I agree with you, and I know sometimes people think we might be being a bit harsh when we review some of these shows. This isn't a knock on the person or on the athlete. It's just a personal preference of what we like to see in professional wrestling. And there are times I just want to sit down and watch an, an excellent, technical, very, very good wrestling match start to finish for all the athleticism. But by and but large, the, I want the point character. Is that everywhere has very, very talented, very, very good technical wrestling now. Everyone. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing. You ne- everyone needs to stand out a bit more. You need to have something a bit different. Sure. So um, this is the first match where I start to get lots of streaming problems. Um, stuttering, full-on freezing, having to refresh multiple times. Uh, I think it was just a you bandwidth about issue on Dudley's the day. Gig- Sorry, Bubba Ray Dudley's gimmick. Lots of freezing, lots of stuttering. <laughs> Everyone does their entrances while Chapman sells like he's dead in the ring. It's brilliant comedy stuff. Like they're standing over him and doing their poses. It's, it's genius, man. So, so good. Uh, we get what's basically a high spot lightning scramble match. It's it's great fun. Uh, athletically, these guys are insane. Some of the stuff they're pulling out, uh, it's it's bonkersly cool. Like they're so talented. Yeah, it's, and as you said, this is where we mentioned about the athleticism. Some of the stuff they're doing, the human body should not be able to contort in the way that some of these do, especially the dives, uh, sort of three quarters away through this match, when we're doing what. You know, essentially, we're doing spot followed by spot followed by spot. But the difference here was every single one of these spots was quite innovative in how they hit them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So the the whole match basically evolves around these guys doing these crazy lightning star spots. And then Chapman kind of comes up to do his comedy shtick. And it the little dichotomy between the two is really, really funny. So... Everyone's on the outside, bailed down. 
Chapman climbs up to the top rope. He goes to do his big dive and he hits it, but then everyone just catches him yeah. <laughs> and slams him into the side. Oh, it's really funny. The look on his face when he gets caught and no one else falls over when they catch him. Brilliant stuff, man. But again, it's what what we just said. Out of all these wrestlers, Curtis Chapman did something different and it was something memorable that made it onto both of our notes. Yeah, you don't need uh, to be booked or to cut a promo to tell a story. And that's what he's doing outstandingly well here. He could not have had all that opening bit where he gets beat down and everyone stands over him doing his matches and just had the match, and we would have got the story of his character so brilliantly. Yeah. Right, so um, the stream was so bad that this is the point where I stopped to watch Dynamite at this point. So it's kind of all a bit broken up for me. It's only half an hour into the show. (laughs) <laughs> no, I know, man. This I was probably like 90 minutes into watching this at this point. It was it was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, so I stopped to watch Dynamite and then came back and OJMO and Amari do a weird botchy dive thing leading into a leg lock by the OJMO. Uh, Curtis Chapman rolls up OJMO for the one, two, three. So yes! out of nowhere, our comedy character who hasn't been able to land anything all night apart from one punch, which to be fair, that punch looked fucking awesome when he landed it. I mean, we mustn't yeah. mock comedy characters for getting very little in and pulling out victories or defeats in professional wrestling. You're killing, <laughs> killing any future investment chance, any earning chance I have with my gimmick. <laughs> Which, for the record, bad. hugging is not going to get me over for a very long time now, unless I want to turn heel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Curtis Chapman wins the match. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's a scramble. You've seen a scramble before. You know what's happening here. More importantly, you've seen a Brit rest scramble. Sure. So next up, we've got the Lucha Brothers of Phoenix Kalisto and, and Pentagon. <laughs> shut your face, Phoenix and Pentagon Junior versus the Moonlight Express of Mao and Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, Mike this Bailey. was one of those matches that, if you're going to have a spot show, book this match, please, because I love all four of these guys. This was good, good fun, and Penta from. I mean, I first saw Penta in Lucha Underground. I just see then Ray Phoenix come in and just to what they have evolved into in the mainstream. Oh, easily, I come, I, yeah, I'm, best tag team in the world. <laughs> so one of the things I noticed about this was that the Moonlight Express obviously have teamed together before because they've got their poses down, they've got entrance theme music they're both singing along to uh, it's pretty cool, like these guys are representing DDT tonight and we both adore DDT as a promotion uh, um, did you, and you mentioned last week on the pod, and I, I don't know if it's still the same now, that loads of DDT shows are now available to watch for free at the moment yeah absolutely, if you go to the DDT website they've got, I think it's um ddt world i think it's called like new japan world but ddt and um yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff up there on their website that they're uploading for free i think they're gradually uploading more and more stuff for free uh i think almost per week or per day i've only had a chance to look a little bit because i've been working so much but uh if if work does start to get a little bit quieter after wrestlemania which i assume it will um well I will, wwe's uh, like to be quieter after wrestlemania well there is that but the thing is that our our jobs still go on almost because we're producing content outside of just WWE yeah exactly can you imagine I know we're sticking with Fight Club Pro and I'm just going to say this now in general for anyone listening to this as we're recording this on a Friday there is a very good chance that the whole of Wrestlemania has now been pre-recorded on the off chance do you hear any form of rumours or spoilers do not post them online 
Leave them well, be. It's it's a weird one, and it's obviously a discussion we've had a lot with the Wrestle Talk boys because this is part of our job is we report spoilers and such. That's what we're meant to do, right? Um, but they've they've been very clear about we're not going to post any spoilers and titles if they do come out. And then when they pre-recorded, uh, was it Raw or SmackDown this week? I'm not even sure. No spoilers came out from that show at all. Yeah, it's it's. I hope that's going to remain the case, but also. More power to Roman Reigns today, who has sure. come out that uh, allegedly he's now turned around and gone, nah, I'm not losing to God. But I mean, I'm not wrestling because of the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, because his immune system's obviously screwed yeah. up from the leukemia. And it's, and it's a right thing enough. to do. It's a shame yep. it's taken him until now to decide, but I wonder if now it's, that has been decided for weeks, and now Matt Riddle's going to get to go and job to Goldberg. Uh, I, I saw something earlier that was like they should do the ultimate rematch and have uh, Goldberg versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and I was like, yes. oh my God, can you imagine that main event this year's WrestleMania? It'd be so funny. Although as we're recording this as well on the subject of people who are of prominent, have you seen that uh, Mr. Johnson has contracted the coronavirus? Or oh, The Rock? No, Boris. Oh, Boris. Yeah, fuck Boris again. So, uh, speaking of which, the two-thirds of the Triangolo della Morte come along. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad Pax got involved with those boys as a trio. Yeah, it, it's a shame that he's stuck in the UK and can't fly out to AEW because there's such a great trio, those three. Like, that's the kind of thing you can book to the moon and they can go over everyone. That's going to be great. amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So plenty of zero medos this evening because the Lucha Bros are semi calling it in. Uh, and this is probably <laughs> my favorite Lucha Bros. Los Luchas Hamanos is just like, when they half call it in, they're kind of more entertaining when they're doing oh. two million spots in a match, you know? Oh, exactly. I mean, the, these guys are so used to, I think, being main event to basically be pre-interval. Uh, yeah, you could tell because we've seen a couple of um, Lucha Bros matches when we've covered previous pods and they've been really, really up for it. Tonight, not so much, but still very, very fun. I've seen a few matches over the years where the Lucha Bros kind of call it in like this and I, I think they're almost more entertaining. Like, let's run through it a little bit. So Penta cuts a random little promo in kind of broken English and then just full on just starts dropping the Spanish. Uh, Penta and Speedball are getting lots of reaction not doing wrestling for about three minutes at the beginning of this match. It is great fun. And then Speedball catches Penta Zero Miedo's hand gesture. And then Phoenix and Mal in with a pair of super kicks and off we go. I mean, what a great way to start a match. This, this I mean, my, my notes, basically, as soon as that began, was going, this is going to be a roller coaster of fun. That's why I wrote my notes. <laughs> cool. So Lucha Hamanos are pulling out all the Rudo spots early in the night. Uh, even though their match is basically face versus face again, everyone just do high spots and entertain the crowd. Um, it, it's a weird dynamic. I, I like a solid heel face and sometimes areas are grey. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> just, it was I a mean, match. day half the time. <laughs> but that's the thing which goes to show like the four guys in the ring. There's no way, as we've said um, in previous pods, it's impossible to choreograph half this stuff. But the fact that they were there for pretty much everything was was incredible. There was sure. nothing that was overly botchy that you wouldn't consider outside of the realms of botching when you look at Lucha Brothers. Yep. Penta was working his usual weak, soft style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things about... The Lucha Bros, when they are kind of not being in 100%, is 
is that their their offense becomes let's just stiff the shit out of the, <laughs> the opponents and then kind of take the piss and do hand gestures constantly. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I kind of love it. I enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> so throw in some catchy synth music and this would be perfect. For me, you know? Get Curtis Chapman's entrance music out whilst this is happening. <laughs> We'd love that. Outstanding. Fucking so as the match progresses, pair of destroyers by the Lucha Bros and um, something... Obviously it's a three. <laughs> I was going to put it as, you know, something happens. Uh, let's just move on. They definitely didn't kick out of destroyers and we don't absolutely detest that, do we? No, Maybe the streaming not. service went down. It was a three, but they caught the referee, started the match again for some shenanigans. We never know. It's always three. Zero. Miedo. Both Penta and Phoenix get reversed. Mao and Bailey hugging each other. Oh, not coronavirus. But they both do a moonsault off the top of the, of the top turnbuckle at the same time while hugging each other. And I'm like, fucking hell, boys. We're in Wolverhampton. Don't risk your lives for these bastards. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> pitching this? Like, Penta and, and, and Phoenix basically going, right, guys, what we're going to do, we're going to stand up top, we're going to cuddle, and then we're going to moonsault. What? One of you going to moonsault? No, no, no. We're going to cuddle. <laughs> And then moonsault. I, I don't think this translation's working. Cuddle moonsault? Yep. <laughs> yep. You can have like 350 pounds of two people moonsaulting off the top rope onto you. Don't worry about it. It'll be all right. Or based on, on, on how Penta was stiffing people, it was a case of, so just one of you is going to moonsault after the cuddle? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> Uh, it's quite a spot. It's it's bloody dangerous, but it's great to see. Uh, so I've never seen anything of- like it either. A couple yeah, of no, I can't say I've seen that before. So, Tower of Chairs is built at a ringside. There's literally, what, seven, eight foot worth of chairs set up? Yeah, I mean, I that's fair enough. Careless for the ring crew to leave that many chairs underneath. Sure. Clearly, they this... hadn't, clearly they hadn't sold enough tickets of the right ticket band to let people in. Remember so there. we get this silly, don't knock the Tower of Chair spots, which is a lot of fun. Bailey grabs a trolley for carrying heavy boxes, loads up Mao onto the trolley, runs down the ramp at full speed. The Lucha Bros dive out the way, straight into the Tower of Chairs. This is maybe my spot of the night. I thought this was fucking hilarious. This was very DDT, wasn't it? Yeah, completely. I'm so happy they brought it out as well, because someone's obviously been walking around and gone, oh, look, there's a silly trolley. We can use that. That'd be great fun. I wonder if they go around every single show that they do and they think to themselves, what crap can we find backstage to use in our match? <laughs> so, zero, miedo, because like, they're literally wasting as much time as they can just by doing hand gestures tonight. Uh, Canadian Destroyer reverse into a flipping double knees by Speedball. Pair of crazy spinning dives by the faces. Dives, runners. Speedball goes to do his flipping knees onto Penta on the apron. Phoenix super kicks Speedball out of midair. Fucking beautiful. Perfect timing. Double, double stomp, trapper keeper, package pile driver combo by Romanos de Lucha for the one, two, three. And your winners, the Lucha Bros of Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. Really, really, really good fun. Oh, the last minute or so with the, the fucking kicking speedball out of midair while he's upside down and then the trapper keeper combo. Ho, ho, hello. Yeah, that was, that was really fun. Really impressive. And he said outside of the, uh, the trolley spot, I think that was one of the moves... One of the moments of the night for me sure. on this show. They managed to get the crowd into it. They got guys over as good guys and bad guys, basically, while still doing crazy high spot stuff for a spot show. 
I mean, this is what this show should be, right? Yeah, this this is everything that I would assume this Technico should be. It had a bit of everything. And again, it's wrestlers from around the world. But Speedball Mike Bailey is insanely good. He's really, yeah. really good. I'm so glad to, that we get to cover him a few times on this pod. It's, it's always really enjoyable to see him wrestle. Seems to have really found a solid home in DDT, and I could not be happier for him. Yeah, because he's he it's very much a journeyman wrestler. Everyone knew of Mike Bailey, and they they'd heard of Mike Bailey, and he just floats around promotions. But as you said, it's really good that he's got a home to be able to essentially focus on storylines. And you can imagine how integral he is to like the young guys in DDT as well. Sure, and being that Western face in that Asian promotion as well. It just there's so much you can do with them and it hopefully expands their horizons as well by having him as one of their main event kind of caliber stars because it's him and brooks isn't it really at the moment as the western stars sure they have a few other guys like big beefy boys and such but yeah for me it's brooks and um speedball at the moment the, the two westerners out there that are making a big difference and being booked very strongly as well both of them yeah definitely uh just outstanding fun everything i want from these spot shows Kicking out of the Canadian Destroyers is, yeah, but the rest was sick. I had a great time. Um, Fenix beckons the DD team back into the ring, and Ray puts them over. Eventually, they shake hands. Seems totally unnecessary, but then you realize that this is uh, Los Lucha Brothers saying goodbye to the FCP uh, fan base. They're yeah, off to AEW. So AEW appears from the horizon and beckons them off into the sunset. Give us your contract. Give us your money. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the promo is very broken English, but he, uh, it, it's impassioned. Let's put it that way. He seems very appreciative of this this place and this crowd. Well, I think the international recognition that the Lucha Bros have got is what led to them being taken up by AEW, and also therefore, because because can they still work for AAA? Do you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. They're definitely working for AAA still. Yeah, so at least they've now got the best of both worlds and decent income coming in. They don't have to come to Wolverhampton anymore. (laughs) I mean, if you had the choice. Yeah. So uh, no bullshit straight into our next match of the evening. Uh, So uh, controversial statement. I'm not particularly a fan of either of these guys. Um, I'm I'm more of a fan of Trent than I am of Jordan Devlin. Yeah. So it's Jordan Devlin versus Jordan Devlin versus Trent Seven. I probably should have pointed that out first. Yeah, one half of the Fight Club Pro Tag Champions at the Champions Champions at this stage Champion. in Trent Seven. Good yeah. Champions. Um, but yeah, it's. I saw this and I thought, uh, the, I hope this match isn't too long. Yeah. So I want just to clarify, I've met Trent Seven on a couple of occasions just at shows. He was compared to Shakara Show in London once, and was one of the nicest people I have ever met in my existence. I think he is a genuinely very very lovely person. Um, I've never met Jordan Devon. Can't speak for him. Uh, he cuts a good promo. Trent Seven cuts a good promo as well. Their in-ring work is pretty much the epitome of what I think is wrong with pro wrestling at the moment. Wow, it's a bold statement. It is probably too bold because they're both very talented, but they don't seem to have a fucking clue how to work a match. <laughs> is it just me? Like, I I think that's a bit bit unfair on on both of them I, I just think that for the two these two it was a bit of clash of styles too much so i know sometimes like styles make matches but yeah it just nothing seemed to click 
throughout the match. I don't necessarily think they're bad performers. You've seen like Devlin doing some of the 205 stuff. And the cruiserweight stuff he gets to do, where he gets to do a lot of flippy shit, is really good. And then he could be a dastly heel there. He said Trent mm. Seven is a, a blinding promo. Uh, his match with Doug, to retire Doug in the UK. Don't you I, mention that. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was a well-structured match. <laughs> the finish, thanks. I, I don't care about the rest of the match where the finish is that. But I get, I mean, who is going to be the person who decided that finish? <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> if, if Doug's like, yeah, beat me with a crossbody, I'd be like, fuck off, Doug. I will roll you up. I will get a sneaky victory as an accident almost, you know, like to put you over in your last match, but still win, you know. I know it's been cancelled now. anything but that. Fucking hell. I know it's been cancelled now, but it's really good to see that if they do go for it again, that Doug will be back in Ring of Honor later this year. <laughs> I love the Doug retiring means he's just not going to wrestle in England anymore and only wrestle money matches <laughs> for other promotions across the world. No, Doug is still oh, technically contracted to all of these people hilarious. abroad, and if they in- they ignore his retirement, <laughs> then it's he when has Wrestle to Kingdom meet his was happening. When Wrestle Kingdom was happening, a Doug's wrestling next door at Kurakun, and you're like, "Hang on, didn't you retire last month? <laughs> What's going on here?" He's busy. Oh, so funny, man. Totally just, just the classic wrestling story of like, oh yeah, this is my retirement match. Where are you booked next week? Oh, I'm booked into Germany next week. <laughs> so but funny. Then, but but what does this show to you about um, this match? Just to, as an outline. The thing we've mm. got more excited about than our notes is just talking about Doug Williams' retirement rather than this match. And I said, I, I don't have anything against either of these performances again as you said you know on the few times i've met trent seven he's been the nicest nicest human being absolutely in the world and i'm elated for his success that he's had with nxt uk and being been in some of my favorite matches like the nxt tags and stuff with him and tyler and that like fucking amazing matches yeah just but uh, I- his single style just doesn't work for me at all i really struggle with it yeah we, I, even when they had the first uk uh, NXT UK tournament, which we both watched, we covered. It was excellent. Even his singles match, then I just I struggle to get excited. And mm. there's no denying that again, Jordan Devlin's very athletic, and he's trying to work more of a character now because he spent so long basically being you're just a budget version of Devitt. Yeah. To now try and find what works for his character, and he's getting there with his heel persona. I just hope that he can carry that through and continue to develop as a character. Because as we mentioned earlier with the scramble match, Jordan Devlin is crazy talented, but he just offers nothing to me from a character standpoint. Sure. So as this match starts, I'm, I'm not really massively into it, as you might be able to tell from what I've been saying. So um, I started to think of things. And um, the best one I came up with, I, I did it in a bunch of them. But if Trent Seven is Mustache Mountain... Devlin is more like Chinny Swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good grief. Oh, dearie me. (laughs) I don't know. I made myself laugh. What can I say? I was probably very inebriated watching this, I seem to remember as well. So I just started writing random shit everywhere. So, um... But that's the thing, unfortunately, (laughs) with with this match. Chinny Swamp. (laughs) (laughs) This oh, just, fuck. I mean, I the, 
note-wise for this match. And again, I, I, I agree with you. I obviously didn't write down witty quips that have popped myself so hard that I'm still chuckling. He will forever be Chinny Swamp to me. Like, I'll never be able to forget that now. Chinny Swamp is fucking genius. I'm so proud of myself. Does that mean his finish is now called the Chinny Swamp side? <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, top work. Uh, let's move on. No, any, anyone would so imagine I heard someone that we laughing were really behind tired. Me. No, I'm <laughs> fucked up. I swear. I swear I heard someone laughing behind me. And I was like, are they laughing at my joke? I'm like, no, that's just my missus talking to my neighbour, I think. Anyway, moving on. So, some inventive reversals to start the match. It's basically two smaller lads doing a British-influenced heavyweight style. Um, after some, what to me, are needlessly stiff strikes at this point, because the crowd barely seem to give a fuck about whatever they're doing. I'm slowly really starting to miss storytelling at this point as this card's going on. It just feels like matches for matches sake, and it's just not what I want from pro wrestling. This comes back down to the commentary, though. Yeah, they were, having crowd... commentary would make this so much better because you could tell the story of these two guys and their backstories. And they're both kind of acting like faces at this point, which is not great because, again, it's they're relying on promos and commentary to put over their characters rather than portraying their characters in the ring doing their wrestling. You know, And you'd expect someone, some fans, especially if they're Fight Club, pro, uh, Fight Club Pro regulars, to be firmly behind Trent based on his history and his involvement with that organisation. It just seems very much that where we had our excellent spot-heavy tag match before what, we again, we're assuming was the interval, this is the match after the interval because we've only got two more matches after this cover. The crowds appear to be dead. Now, again, I don't know if that's because where it's such a high-roofed warehouse, Mm -hmm. any sound is lost as it goes up or they don't have the equipment to pick up the sound of the crowd. But it's, it's just very lacking. And as you said, I think I've lost interest at this stage because some people might think I'm not a refined wrestling fan, but I need the commentary to keep me going. Watching two hours on my sofa of this sort of action, I can become easily distracted. Two hours in a crowd where I'm there, I'm all in to watching wrestling. I'm not going to be looking at my of phone. Course. I'm not going to be looking out the window. I'm not going to be grabbing a snack. I'm going to be firmly focused. Whereas here, I, especially during this match, I found myself, as well as typing in my notes, I was like checking the news, checking my work, work emails. That was my watch setting off Siri. So <laughs> even my watch is bored of talking about this match. It's just trying to tell me what address I bloody live at. I mean, this is the match. Well, oh God, don't broadcast your address, whatever you do. So, <laughs> but both lads are on the outside brawling. They both roll in at the last second to stop a count out from happening that I was completely unaware of. Because the audio quality is not good enough to pick up what the ref is doing or saying or whatever. And there's no commentators to emphasize the point. And the crowd don't seem to care. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, no. This is the combination that just, it's not working, man. It's, it's not great at all. No. And, and again, at, the, at this moment, it was very much for me. I just wanted this match to finish. Yeah. There was lots of stuff that will kind of make your head and neck pretty sore. They're being very stiff with each other, at least from my perspective. Maybe they're very good at making stuff look like it's stiff and not. But honestly, it just looks like they're hurting each other and no one seems to give a shit. These boys definitely do neck bridges based on the, um, the volume of neck hurty they sure, were sure. trying to implement in this match. They kind of get the odd clap and the odd whoop from the seemingly kind of packed out crowd, which is surreal considering. It's, it's something so simple. You have Devlin come out, 
they just about to start the match. He fucking punts Trent in the balls and shoves him to the ground. Instantly, you've got a story, you know? Just just anything. Give me something to latch onto, not just, here's two short guys doing a heavyweight style. It's like, <laughs> okay. Pale, paled indifference was how they met each other in this match. There we go. Let's get to the so, finish. Do you know what this reminded me of? Which, when we covered th- this whole card at this point, when I started to realize around this match, it felt exactly like when we covered the ROH Kabashi Joe match. Yes, very good shout. Because it's, it's become a one-match card. It's, there are other matches with some very, very talented guys in them, none of which I give a fuck about, and none of which the crowd seems to give a fuck about, which is weird to me. The, the crowd was very much dead. I said, you know, it might be audio, it might be the venue, it might have been a really hot crowd or people there. Yeah. But on the streaming service, just how, how I was consuming it, it just didn't seem that anyone was overly into it. And I know this sounds not to sound too, sort of go too dark or anything, but I also, because the crowd was so quiet, I did Google to see if anything bad had happened in the local area of Wolverhampton. Right. on the day of this show because I thought well maybe there'd been like a local tragedy or something that maybe the fans were like oh, I've still got to go to the rest we might as well go and if they're worrying about something else but there was literally nothing right, I don't yeah, know what... give me one second hold on my baby monitor is going off man give me two seconds just sit tight okay can you hear me yeah yeah I'm still here okay I'll be back in like two minutes so hold on Bloody podcast. <laughs> all right, okay. All right, I'm just gonna carry on, all right? Right, so I just carry on. Yeah, yeah. All right. So these two hit a Spanish fly, which sends me into a pit of casual familiarity and tedium. Tedium. <laughs> it's 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 nothing like a bit of tedium. <laughs> Fuck you. So uh, <laughs> as two guys both flip over together, which is fun, clever, clever, athletic. Uh, but means absolutely nothing to anyone because it's overdone and there seems to be no attempt at all to tell a story. Uh, crazy shit off the top. Big lariat. Kick out. All the meaning is gone. Seven signals for the end. Up in the torture rack. I currently miss Lex Luger at this point, which is quite a statement for me. I heard he was uh, a total package. Big headbutt and moonsault by Devlin. Kick out. Deeper into despair. What the fuck was that shit? For the one, two, three, and your winner, Jordan Devlin. Yay. I mean, I was, I, it sounds horrible. I was very glad when this match was over. It certainly wasn't one for my uh, wrestling fandom. It didn't match any of my styles. Um, sure. The post match. two guys that are uh, talked about as like the greatest newcoming of fucking. John Cena or fucking whoever, you know what I mean? Like, they talked about these great guys that are going to do so much great and have these 10-star matches in the Brit Rare scene, and I, I, I don't get it at all. I don't see it with Devlin, and I, I think Trent is fantastic in a tag. I don't, as you said, I just, I've never really been engaged with, with some of the singles bits. I said from a tag's perspective, and that's not just saying because it's Tyler, no, because in, in 
tag matches, he really brings such a good element to yeah, sure. to to pro wrestling. And I think him working for NXT UK, and I think he'll be the sort of person when he chooses to hang his boots up, he'd go straight into NXT UK as potentially one of their coaches if they continue to expand the PC in the UK. Yeah, it does feel like it. It feels like that would be a good position for him. And as I said, he is a genuinely decent bloke. Like, he's very, very friendly. Every time I've met him, he's been very cordial and approachable and all that sort of shit. Not that I go up and approach wrestlers or anything, because I tend to just leave him the fuck alone. But when you're standing next to him at the bar, and he just starts talking to you, because he's like, how are you enjoying the show? You're like, wow, you're actually engaging me? And you're not trying to sell me something either? You're just having a conversation? What a legend. Yeah, that's really cool. Unusual. Yeah. You don't get that a lot in pro wrestling. <laughs> but then, then this match almost became interesting in the yeah. post-match. So because Lord Al- Savers, Chuck Mumbo enters. He's but obviously like- got on the wrong train from Brighton and ended up in Wolverhampton. <laughs> he must have fallen asleep. I'm like, finally, a man with a character. Save us, Chuck Mumbo. <laughs> Mambo, um- Mambo. He's great. He's so good. So he cuts a cracking promo. Super baby face. One of the best blue eyes in British wrestling. Can we please keep him face and push him to the moon? He's fucking brilliant. Because is he out of DNR now in progress? I don't know. I don't really. I haven't really kept up with Brit Rest over the last year or so just because I've been so fucking busy. But in fairness, uh, this was probably one of the, the better promos I've seen Devlin. Dude, so obviously after Mambo comes out and challenges Devlin to a match, because if Devlin considers himself a number one contender in Fight Club Pro, yeah, why shouldn't Chuck Mambo, based on his win-loss record there? And then uh, Devlin basically <laughs> drops Mambo and says, uh, he calls him a weekend warrior, and Devlin's yeah. a professional athlete. And I was like, does yes. There's a massive backdrop driver to Mambo, and I'm like, oh, finally, coming full heel. So I can probably hear my kid in the background, we're nah, just going to carry fine. on. She's so- a pro too. She hates, decent she hates this sh- match. <laughs> really decent shouty heel promos. Next up, our international tag team match. This hasn't been broken up by Postman and my kids screaming at all. There's no edit there. Let's just carry on. <laughs> I like a complete professional outfit, this, isn't it? <laughs> of La Rebellion Amaria of Bestia666 and Mecha Wolf, coolest fucking name ever. I'm really yeah, glad. Was great. that exactly in your notes? Because you've read that exactly the same as you did on the bit we've probably cut. Yeah, I mean, I like to do the whole uh, Spanish-Mexican accent type thing. Maria is a lot of fun to say, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but you didn't do a Spanish accent for me. E, meca wolf. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, um, that came across a bit racist to me. I'm going to be honest, that's why I didn't do it. <laughs> well, it's happened now, so let's just move on. <laughs> Versus more than hype of LJ Cleary and Nathan Martin. Who I think you find I... his name is Nathan Martin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, who we saw on the OTT show, right? Yes, yeah. I'm sure they were on the OTT. I remember More Than um, Hype. L- That's L- a name. L- LJ Cleary was definitely there. Because I think More Than Hype, they've had, I think they've got three members to More Than Hype. I seem to remember there's a third guy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, I'm just going to call them La Rebellion because that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, the Crash, all in capitals, Tag Team Championships. Championships? No, Champions. Uh, whatever that is. Crash! Um, I think, uh, unsurprisingly, I believe they are... I've seen Crash Wrestling. They've got... um, They were doing some... Uh, ironically... Oh, no. No, I've got that confused. I've got that confused. Ridiculous, the, Spanish, uh, the Canadian promotion Smash 
I'm basically getting all the demolition <laughs> promotions mixed up. Crash, smash, bash, crush. in the back somewhere. Yeah. There, yeah. So cool entrance, great gear for La Rebellion. I love the face paint and the lucha shit. Like really, really over with me. I, uh, I when I first saw them, I thought, God, what are they doing here? Because yeah, the they've got paint. that that level down. Very similar, actually. Uh, more than hyper, right on brand with modern indie wrestling tropes. The 90s pop music entrance, big hair, one in tights, one in trunks, gronk levels of hype, <laughs> you know? Jesus, is that now a thing? Gronk levels of hype, good Yeah, God. as in it's a little cringy at times, you know? Gronk was awful. Wasn't uh, great. You know, we're talking about that David Arquette moment coming up and you instantly po- posted the news article of WWE introducing gronk for WrestleMania. Yeah, that's come to fruition a little bit, hasn't it? <laughs> Good grief. Not even Disney are going to buy it now. It's... What was he thinking? <laughs> As I mean, he's him... coming up the stairs, humping the ring post and shit, I'm just like, um... What? <laughs> Do you think he was like, hmm, Mojo always seems to be hype. I wonder if I can out-hype <laughs> Mojo, so I'll take that other thing away from him from a wrestling career. Since when was dancing like Alex Wright badly? And then like, you know... <laughs> doing sexual gestures as you're climbing up a ring post hype maybe someone at the, like the pc <laughs> said to gronk we need a new alex right oh, fucking brilliant <laughs> so this massive international match of the tag team match we've got is mexico yeah granted that's quite far away versus ireland to be fair it's not that far from wolverhampton really but get a ferry <laughs> <laughs> so uh mecha wolf has his name on the back of his trunks in the style of the mayhem logo so he's now my favorite wrestler ever just fucking awesome plus also it really helps with wrestlers who i'm not overly familiar with if they've got their names on their trunks to keep up yeah. with them god bless them eh <laughs> so um i'm trying to think of jokes as this match is going on but i mean it's just four people doing quite sloppy professional wrestling it, it's not horrific uh, it's got some heels and faces, finally, but it just still feels so meaningless and empty without any sort of commentary and this dead of a crowd and just this constant humming in the background just got really fucking tedious at this point. I think this match to me was um, potentially a communication, a language barrier situation yeah. here because, as you said, none of these guys are bad in ring. It just seemed to be a little bit sloppy. I don't know. Yeah. In fairness, while we've been a little bit critical of like the Devlin Trent Seven match, everything so far has been pretty crisp, pretty tight from a wrestling standpoint. It's been very good from a wrestling standpoint. So I think that's what now shone a spotlight a little bit, on my opinion, on this match where things were a little bit, a little bit glitchy. Not bad, but as you said, there was a def- definite note. There was some stuttering. There was some stalling. And again, I know I'm definitely not one to critique that, but uh, yeah, it was noticeable in this match. I think you're being very generous, uh, honestly. <laughs> I think you're being very kind about it, and I do appreciate that because these are people you know that I'm kind of know and stuff like this, and we have connections with certainly. Um, not this match particularly, but the people on the show, indeed. Yeah. Um, honestly. This became really unenjoyable to watch at this point. You get Lucha lads both diving to the outside to a tiny smatter of applause as the guy in the front row basically starts to nod off. <laughs> it's genuinely embarrassing. It's probably there's a guy quite late. <laughs> there's a guy sitting in front row who's falling the fuck asleep. And I'm just like, what are you doing, man? 
So Rough Rider Doomsday style power bomb double team was pretty fucking awesome to be fair to them by Larabellium. Uh, monster crazy move, then a dive, muscle buster, then a 450 by the Larabellion lads for the one, two, three. And your winners, Larabellion Amaria, Bestia666, and Mechawolf. That the best thing of this match was the match. Larabellion's gear. Yep. I like muscle busters and 450s, but again, it, 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 yeah, it just is what it is. I think at this stage of the of this card, I was ready for, for the main. I, I yeah. really was. I, I think I'd. As you said, we picked this show purely for bait versus quack. And now I was a bit like, you know what? I know this is only a two and a, two and a quarter hour show. I want my main event. I want my, I want what I'm here for. Yeah, it was definitely on my mind during that last match, especially because you kind of knew the main event would be the next match up. I will, with like, you know, 20 odd minutes left to go. I didn't think they were going to try and squeeze in two matches, including quack and bush and Tyler bait. So, yeah. Um, Let's just move on. Fuck it. So Fraser Thomas steals my thunder and announces your main event for the evening. God damn you, Fraser Thomas, you beautiful man. You bastard. (laughs) It's kind of in his spot to do this, though. So it is what it is. How dare he them. Anyway, so uh, Master of a Thousand Holds, Lightning Mike Quackenbush. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Lightning Mike Quackenbush versus Strong Hard Boy Tyler Bate. When we saw that this match was announced, I, want, I think you messaged me with the graphic going, oh, have you just seen what, final, what Fight Club Pro have announced? And I was like, okay, yep, got my interest. This is one of those matches that this guy signed to WWE. He's one of the best guys we have on the British scene. He's had a couple of five-star matches like Volta at Wembley Stadium, for example. He's 23 years old. Yeah, it's bonkers. Like his matches Sickening with league. Pete Dunne for NXT, just fucking incredible against one of the greatest of all time on his retirement tour, essentially, Mike Quackenbush. Like, if you want to pique my interest, book this match. But saying that, I remember the message I sent to you, which was, fancy a trip to Wolverhampton? I'm yeah. really glad we didn't. <laughs> Can you imagine sitting through that show? Even though it's only like 90 minutes. Just, uh, well, I'm, I might have actually done it for this match. The, the the lad in the front I mean the match this match as we'll we'll get through was mm. was incredible. My first note on my which I wrote down it was I wish I was Tyler Bate. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean sure. I'd, I'd have to lose a hundred pounds, gain quite a bit of an quite a bit of a six pack, and lose at least fourteen years of age. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to his Conor McGregor style gimmick? I was enjoying that. Oh, I think that's that's long gone now. I think it could be been, something to come back down the road, you know. Potentially, I I always wonder if at some point, once um, once hopefully we get out of the other end of our current global predicament, yeah. that they'll probably go for Trent Tyler to finish off Trent's career. And I think that's when they bring back the Conor McGregor stuff for that. Okay, yeah, because you, you, you'd have to have heel Tyler against face Trent to have any sense of a decent retirement for Trent. I think that's the way you'd have to go if they're going to do it. And obviously he'd so, eat a um, crossbody. <laughs> fuck's sake. So Tyler coming out to Sledgehammer is absolutely great, but copyright doesn't exist in Wolverhampton. And also perfect um, timing when he flung his tail around the, the ropes when it was like properly going, Sledgehammer, yes. Yeah. It, it's Beautiful. a fucking banger of a song. It is on my current playlist, so it does come across occasionally. It should be on everyone's playlist. 
So, uh, Quack's Transformer-style entrance, uh, composed by the same person that did the original Transformers theme. I did not just, know that. Yeah, oh, cool. it's fucking sick. I absolutely adore it. Uh, so, Quack doing all he can immediately to make the crowd finally give a fuck about something that's happening in this match. He's going to each side of the ring and literally forcing them to cheer and get on their feet. And uh, God bless Quack. He's obviously realized this crowd is dead as a doornail. It's like, but he works them. Not for my fucking it. match, you're not. <laughs> exactly. He worked, and, and that's the thing which both these boys did. They worked the crowd brilliantly. Yeah. So that, that great thing of baby face but determined and angry Quackenbush forcing the crowd to care about what's happening while tyler does the other thing that pro wrestlers should do all the time he looks focused and aware of who is standing across the ring from him god-like emotion flooding this match it's bloody lovely this match didn't need commentary because both quack and tyler told the story sold everything with their facial expressions it was so so good just this as you said the focus on tyler Bate from the get-go it just set up for what was going to be a brilliant 22 minutes. Yeah, like if what we were watching earlier was everything I find the problem with, with wrestling at the moment, not just WWE, just wrestling at the moment. This is everything I fucking love about it. It's so, so good. Quack is wearing pink and black. And I'm like, oh, we're doing angry Bret Hart quack and I'm totally fucking into it. This is so good. My favourite part of Quack's gear as well is where on his belt buckle, he had the MQ just on there. I was like, oh, that's such a nice touch to the gear. Hell really, yeah. really good. They lock up World of Sports style and instantly it's so slick. It's so stylish. The acting chops on both guys is fucking outstanding. These guys know how to do wrestling. You can tell why at times WWE will use Quack as a guest coach at the PC yeah. because as you said his just even the slightest little thing like the wrist locks and the knuckle locks as well Quack's eyes without doing anything uh, it's, it's bleh, 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 bleh. it's amazing so we go from this incredibly smooth technical Quack doesn't have the physical advantage over Tyler but he has the technique advantage over Tyler to the point where they start to struggle around a little bit it starts to get a bit sloppy and Quack stands on his feet marches Tyler down Tyler shoves Quack and they stand talking at each other not engaging furious and just like fuck you I'm gonna beat you without saying it oh it's so clever the little story they're telling of look we both know we're technically sound, but Quack getting frustrated that he can't keep Tyler down, but Tyler can't get the advantage, and so they're both starting to get frustrated with each other, and it turns out into, like, Quack gets one over on the wrist lock on Tyler, turns into another shoving match between the two, and you're like, this is fucking great! <laughs> and it was a nice to have a different story, because sometimes you have the two really technical guys who, they do the one-upsmanship. Sure. This was the case of, as you said, one couldn't use his key strength to beat the other one, and his opponent could block him, but he couldn't use his key thing to the other. And so the style just worked perfectly for what I like about wrestling. And speaking of which, Tyler starts to do the World of Sports spots that Quack stole from World of Sport wrestlers. The depth of level and meta here, it's so fucking cool, man. They're doing Johnny Saint spots that Quack usually does, but it's Tyler doing them to Quack. 
because he's the British guy. And you're like, oh, this is fucking so clever. You guarantee someone like Tyler Bate as well, as soon as this match was announced, was on it watching literally everything to yeah. be able to pull off such a great match. And you've got to imagine that Quack was most likely leading this match. You'd imagine as much, yeah. But still, just Tyler's commitment to this was off off the chart brilliant and and you can tell because this is the first time all night not all night the crowd instantly respond with a tyler bait chant they're they're going oh look you finally got one over on quack and because we see that happening in the ring because you've told the good story without having to say or have commentary or cut promos that we're going to respond to you now and people it's, stood it's up brilliant it's so so good this is like a fine art class of how to do pro wrestling it's it's so smart. It's not the usual match as well, which makes it even cleverer to me. What cleverer? I enjoyed as well word? about this match, <laughs> what I enjoyed about this Sorry. match as well, is that they used every part of the ring. They weren't yeah. smack bang in the centre. It was every corner, every side of the ring, every nook and cranny. So the fans, I think, started to engage because they felt they were part of it. And yeah. as you said, it took Quack and Tyler Bate to actually get this crowd alive to actually be interested in what they were seeing. But good grief. I mean, I, I was watching this and finally I was like, now I've been rewarded after an hour and three quarters. <laughs> yeah, to absolutely. Now get, get my treat. It's like eating a really bad dinner to know that you've got a really tasty pudding at the end. We move on to this tenacious section where Quack locks in a cravat and Tyler literally slams him five or six times and every single time Quack just rolls through, holds in the cravat, and stands up and just holds Tyler there. He's like, nah, boy, your strength is not going to let me break this hold. It's just, oh, so cool. Quack out of nowhere hits the prettiest fisherman suplex I've seen in a long time. The bridge on this dude. Like, you think about the damage his body's taken over the years, and he's hitting a fisherman suplex. Not a fisherman buster like every fucking cunt does nowadays. <laughs> he's doing a straight bridging. Perfect star fisherman suplex. It is beautiful. It was and a I thing don't of beauty, on, wasn't it? I don't go on about technique very much, but I remember just watching this match and really enjoying it. And out of nowhere, he flips out this perfect fisherman suplex. I'm like, oh my lord, Quack. Doing the simplest shit perfectly, you know? That's, that's the most important thing as well. It's Everything was simplistic, but executed to perfection and with meaning. As you said, sure. most people are not going to be able to do, or if they do, a bridging fisherman suplex. It's just a throwaway. Whereas yeah. this meant something. Because again, it's, it's locking into Tyler. It's giving him the, the technical advantage. Sorry, the way Tyler the sells advantage. the kick out, like he was like, holy shit, I didn't expect that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so clever. Beautiful. Quack now getting the better of Tyler starts to get frustrated at Tyler's persistence. Quack locks in a complicated looking Indian deathlock variation. Quack thanks the crowd for applauding his prowess while in the move. And I'm like, you fucking dick. That's <laughs> so good. Thank you. I'm very good at wrestling. It's so much fun, man. Tyler occasionally lashing out at Quack just for Quack to tie him back up in another torturous submission sequence of holds. And some Tyler of the strikes from Tyler were vicious. Yeah, and, t- and Quack absorbing them and being like, oi boy, get back here. <laughs> like tying up his leg, grounding him, tying up his neck. Like it's so much fun. Uh, Tyler comes back into it. 
the whole time selling the damage done by Quack earlier in the match. Absolutely essential leading into this finish. Tyler selling the fucking legs and stuff that Quack was going after. Continually shaking that right leg throughout, getting movement back into it, just telling the story. 10 out of 10. I guess the point where I'm expecting him to forget to sell the legs because I'm so used to people just not selling towards the end of the matches now. But the fact when he's still selling it, even going into the finish, I started marking out like massively for this. And it's something that's so simple to do and so many people forget, either due to in-ring cardio, not being able to carry that on at the end just to forget that you're someone's been working over a, a body part. Sure. But Tyler Bay, as you said before, is one of the best physical specimens we have in the uk and he's an intelligent wrestler and he knows that that is integral to the story Mm -hmm. and the fact that you noticed it again it's stuck with you yeah a good sell can make a match and this is one of those moments it's fucking beautiful uh quack rips and tears away at tyler but tyler gets to the ropes quack talking to tyler every step of the match now Quack just kicked Tyler's leg out of his leg in pink and black. And I'm like, holy yeah. fuck. <laughs> it's so good. He kicked his leg out of his leg. <laughs> Classic. Uh, quack on both knees. Sorry. Quack on his knees beckons Tyler on. Or both is now, of his two knees. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler is now smashing the fuck out of quack while quack is falling about on his knees and kind of propping up like over and over like you know those punching bags you have as a kid it's like if you punch one of the bailey's little bailey mates isn't it you just, you just <laughs> yeah, bounce it pops back, up. back up and he's like down you go again <laughs> it looks stiff as fuck but i guarantee it's light as a feather because these two are fucking great workers oh so so good so shote attempt no bop and bang sends quack into a spinning back kick spinning shote connects what a beautiful fucking sequence bop and bang to have that that wheel kick come back out of it was so good and i've not seen any i know i've not seen anyone counter bop and bang like that he took it and it just came back round it was so good it's usually it's the kind of thing that you someone like you know a jordan devlin would do halfway through a match and i'd be like oh i didn't fucking sell the spot but because of how they built to it and the quack was on his knees on his last legs like he's doing anything to try and get back in the match at this point and so it just makes sense that he spanned around and was like fuck it throw a leg <laughs> you know selling it yeah last and hurrah then, I've, I've got to reach down he's, he's about to beat me i've got to throw something at the wall and see if it sticks and then like digging far enough into the well that he thinks back to when he first started to name his character to throw a shote from like from fucking jushin thunder liger style it's oh, just the depth of storytelling and meta. If you know the characters, it just makes so much fucking sense. You can tell based on how much we both enjoyed this match, the passion and the tone of our voices in comparison to how we were talking about 20 minutes ago when we were covering some of the other matches. We're yeah. like, and then these two didn't have great style. And now we're like, oh my God, do you remember? Do you see this? It's a case of, I, at this stage, and we hadn't even finished the match, I thought... I'm so glad I signed up for a month for this streaming service because it means I can watch this again. <laughs> sure, yeah. This is one of those matches that I would happily watch for a second time. It's, there's so many little details and I'm sure I've missed really important parts, but I'm trying to get like the basic story down here. If, uh, I, if, if I were, and luckily I'm nowhere near the le- skill level to do it, but if I were going to be doing some of the, I noticed some wrestling schools are doing seminars now while people can't go and train and they're doing like match psychology. 
I would just show my students this yeah. and then just wax lyrical about the importance of selling, storytelling, the, the, the fight. The, and again, it's not overly heel versus face here. Tyler Bates no. being a vicious son of a gun. But, oh my so God. So at times as well, you know? It just, just switches throughout. It's, it's basically who wants to be the best wrestler. You don't need good or bad in these contests yeah. for that level of one-upsmanship. And it's that momentum of old lion versus current superstar who's still a young lion, basically. It's just such a good story to tell, and they do it so brilliantly. Like, you know, <laughs> Quack holding on to the last grasp of his, grasps of his career while Tyler's like, Jesus Christ, I know you're really, really good at this. I better do do everything I can to beat you. It's oh, so good. I can't say so good enough. I'm trying to think of other synonyms for good. It's just fucking perfect. If, so, this, if I just paid the money, I just watched this match, I'd be like, this is the greatest six quid I've ever spent. 100%. So both guys have given it their all. The fans just aren't really creating an atmosphere around it. But the match is so good, I barely care at this point. Tyler hits a sick reversal into the Tiger Driver 98. One, two, quack, kicks out. You're like, ooh. Fans started to react again now. Absolutely. Spiral tap attempt by Tyler misses. Quack and Driver 3.58594431.4, whatever it's called, connects. <laughs> the amazing Quack and Driver variation where he fucking has like an inverted sit out pile driver where he hooks both legs as well at the same time. Think, oh. think of the Austin Owen Hart pile driver done safely, but with tied up legs. Yeah, like packaged up legs. Oh, it's just Quack and Drivers are the coolest shit ever. Them and Psycho Drivers just like sum up like mid 2000s wrestling for me. <laughs> so good everyone Brutal. doing it in the backyard wrestling wasn't it absolutely but like killing each other while like uh yeah quack and stuff can do it safely so brutal looking bastard of a quack and driver for the one two three and your winner out of fucking nowhere is mike quackenbush i did not expect him to win this i assumed he'd be putting over tyler god i was happy with this finish though fucking great didn't see it coming nice surprise I assume Bate might have said, no, no, you have to go over, sir. So it leads to the post-match, which if you want to talk about storytelling, again, this I don't want to just wax lyrical about how good these guys are, but they've totally fucking earned it. We just saved the, they basically saved the last 20 minutes to have all the storytelling, all the good wrestling, all the character work, and all the fan interaction just into the yeah. last match. It's, it's surreal that these guys can get this much quality content into this short time. <laughs> And make you care this much? It's oh, so cool. So post-match, Tyler is frustrated and sad that he's lost the match to Mike Quackenbush. Grabbing his neck, selling it, but looks understanding that he's lost the match. He understands that Quack is just the better man on that night. You can see all of this just in his face. Quack, now that he's won, is full of relief. He's over the beef. He's won. He's proven his point. Wants to shake hands with Tyler. Tyler even, didn't go on. I was going to say, even at this stage, when they were doing the he wanted to shake hands with Tyler, he was like doing the hand gesture of like, wow, I escaped by just this much. I was so close to losing that. That yeah. sign of respect towards Tyler is like, brilliant storytelling. Furious, determined Mike Quackenbush we saw earlier in the night to relieved, passionate, approachable Mike Quackenbush you see now. 
the character development in such a short time is fucking genius. And then and right now, right now, Ophidian's looking in the back, going, "I'm going to fuck him up this year." <laughs> and then they pay it off in the best way possible. Mike goes to shake hands to bury the beef with Tyler. Tyler denies the handshake from Quack and walks off to the back. Nice touch to go from the pure happiness and relief to, to beating Tyler to pure disrespect from Tyler and absolute fury from Mike Quackenbush. Quack takes off his gauntlet, leaves it in the middle of the ring and heads to the back, still looking completely perturbed that Tyler had the level of disrespect to not shake his hands after this match. Like, holy fucking shit, guys. Leave me wanting more, why don't you? And especially as, you know, if he's on his retirement tour, so to speak, we're not going to get it. So all I want is, I just want another volume of this match. Yeah, it feels like there's something else down the line here. There's a story to be told. Whether it's a match between the two or, you know, Quack is a manager for, say, someone else down the line against Tyler, whatever it would be. Like, the, the, the acting chops to go from this relief to pure, like, disrespect and anger. Man, it's super cool. I wrote a question for you in my notes here. Go for it. So obviously we've watched this match and this was outstanding, but because it's on Fight Club Pro, I don't know how many people subscribe or were in attendance to really watch the show. Yeah. Had this match been on a takeover, how many more people would be saying this one the greatest match could have been a match of the year candidate last year? Yeah, significantly more. If this is a takeover match, if this is whatever, like just anything that has more exposure than this, it's it's one of the it's not hmm is it it's one of the very best matches i've seen in a very long time i don't think it's one of the greatest matches of all time because it needs more commentary. crowd participation commentary etc etc it needs more around it but with what these guys had in this situation to to make you invest yourself that much it's, i'm immensely impressed i i adored this match and again as you said to give it the afters and then obviously quack exited the stage again still showing the rage of not doing the handshake and that's when the stream went off however did you know there was something that followed this at the live event to send the fans home happy i did not what followed this so the stream cuts after quack leaves so that's what we get for the streaming service but through what i've read online and some other reports and some reviews of this, Curtis Chapman appears after this. <laughs> right. And he's dropped once again by Dan Maloney. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And then Pete Dunn rocks up and gives him um, the bitter end just at the end and then walks off. <laughs> no shit. That sounds great. So, ah, so, that's lovely. So that was it. So as I said, we watched this on the Fight Club Pro streaming service on Vimeo. Um, I didn't have a problem with the stream. I know you did. It's five ninety five. Yeah, month. I think it's exceptional circumstances at the moment, so I, I wouldn't want to judge the streaming service on my experience. But yeah, it yeah. wasn't great fun. I'm definitely going to make a, take advantage of my uh, streaming service while I've got it for the rest of the month. I'm probably not going to renew it and have it like one of my regular streaming services. But again, in a time where organizations can't put on shows i'm glad that we did this show at this time because again i know it's only six quid and however much vimeo take for it but it's hopefully good exposure for a bit of money in for them it's a bit of exposure for us doing the pod as well 
This match was incredible. I genuinely, if you have a spare bit of cash, and I know money is going to be tight for so many people right now, yeah. but if you do have a spare bit of money and you want just a bit of escapism from what's going on in the real world, check this match out if you can. Go rent it from Fight Club Pro. It's cheaper to get the subscription service than it is to rent this show, interestingly, yep. from their pricing structure. Intriguing for the- choice, but it is what it is. But purely for this show alone, I, this match was one of the best we've seen covering on all 65 episodes plus bonus pods that we've done, I'd say. I'd say it's, it's, agree. it's up there. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, in terms of final notes for the whole show, I've got to say, I'm sorry, but the crowd fucking sucked. They were terrible. Uh, lack of commentators was really bad. Really didn't like that. Uh, some fun character moments, but mostly wrestling for the sake of wrestling dives unnecessary stiffness in my total my opinion uh quack and tyler was insanely impressive one of the best matches i've seen in an incredibly long time i don't know i don't think i'll be coming back to the fcp anytime soon um get some commentators maybe improve that streaming service if that is an issue uh for me it's a generous two cornflakes as much as that really wow the main event is five but the rest of the show was so tedious to me See, now, I'd, I'd say from a commentary standpoint, again, I'm hoping, I don't know if it's the thing for Fight Club Pro, so when I look, look into it more, we might find that they do have regular commentators for, for some of their shows. So it'll be interesting to see from that standpoint. Streaming yeah, services, sure. from my standpoint, I didn't have too many problems with it. I, I don't know how, um, how I get on really with Vimeo in, com- in comparison to a lot of the other promotions use things like Pivot Share mm-hmm. um, to, to sell their bits. So. I I think it was at one point promotion number three in the UK of importance. We've right. been Progress, ICW and, and, and Fight Club Pro. I think they were the, thir- the first three who had dealings potentially with WWE. Sure. Um, I think it's important to have that product. I think it's a really good grounding for people like More Than Hype um, and, and people like the OJMO amari to still be around in 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 those circles to really get the get the loops done get the matches in as well to help them build their character curtis chapman was a nice highlight for this show for me um as you said main event would be five complex for me i'm gonna give it three because i didn't mind watching it but as i said from my standpoint of enjoying wrestling i like having commentators just for my own personal taste and as you said, a lot of the wrestlers were a little bit samey at this stage. But the main event, and also seeing um, our, our Lucha Brother buddies, yeah, it was great. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was three cornflakes, but not a full show that I'd ever go back and watch. Still owes me a tenner. And still owes you a tenner. Where can people <laughs> find you on the social medias? Hold on, let's announce what we're going to be doing next week before we do that. Oh, oh I thought we'd do that, then announce what we'll do next week. But okay, what okay, are we going to do next week? Oh, no, no. fucking hell. No, no, right fine, then. fine. No, no. <laughs> what, what, what show are we doing next week? Next week, we are going to be doing what I think is the most unique professional wrestling show I've ever had the pleasure of randomly coming across on YouTube. We are going to be doing, from the ridiculous to the sublime, in my opinion, Trinity Brawl 2. If you don't know what Trinity Brawl is, go onto YouTube, put in Trinity Brawl 2, and give it a watch. Because this is maybe my favorite thing I've seen in the last five to ten years, I would go as far as Good saying. Good grief, that is high praise. If you like 
Um, oh my god, what's the guy's name? Hold on one second. I will quickly look this up. Do the socials while I'm pimping it. <laughs> okay, so if you want to connect with us on social media, the best place to get hold of us is on Twitter at World of Rest Pod. You can find all of our previous episodes and our archive material on at www.worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. If you like what you hear, leave us a review, um, leave us a comment. If you want us to cut for a show, that would be great as well. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Tax Williams. You can find Rich at Fanboy Rich on Thank Twitter you and much. Instagram. <laughs> you can Fanboy re- Rich. Just on Twitter. Don't bother with my Instagram. I don't use it. You can watch his remarkable work on Wrestle Talk TV's YouTube channel. Definitely Do worth it. a look. And uh, who's this guy? Now you've. Uh... So, uh, I think the best. Way- so, when you promote a card, right, you have one name that you pimp, then everyone's like, wow, they actually got that person on this show. I think that's the way professional wrestling works, right? Yep. Yep. So. If you know who Jack Gleason is, who is Joffrey Baratheon in Game of Thrones, he's on this fucking show. He wrote half of the show. Trust me, he's a genius. If you like amateur dramatics more than high flips and spots, this is the show for you. <laughs> well, in that case, want to go and review? We will see you next week. Thanks very much for joining us. Stay inside, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week. Worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Go look it up. Love you all. Bye-bye. <laughs>